Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, it was a homecoming fandango from United Supermarkets Arena with the Air Raiders picking up the dub. We get to that. Also, beating a dead horse and 50-yard line watch. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always appreciate being your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. And Chris, we are back today kicking off the show on the hardwood and talking about a win as game one of the basketball tournament for your Air Raiders is now behind us. They open up victorious over the Purple Hearts team, it was a nice environment at United Supermarkets Arena. And, uh, man, I was feeling some things I, I didn't really anticipate feeling, just seeing some of those favorites from years gone by. In some cases, many years gone by. The only ones I was missing was, I don't know, Lance Hughes, Cliff Owens, Jason Sasser, some, if you want to really dial it back. Uh, but what a night at the USA. I, I'm sure you had a ball, and we got to see them actually get a win. So back at it on Friday night. Uh, but, man, that was a one-of-a-kind experience, I think, for a Texas Tech basketball fan. Yeah, I, I got there a little after 6 o'clock, that the, the New Mexico and Texas game. Basically, I think Austin Zone and the Enchanted were their actual team names. They, they had just started – I just didn't know what to expect whenever I was just going to watch this thing or what what kind of buzz would be in the building or whatever. And the first thing you notice when you start watching like that other game is that these are grown men. These are yes. adults. This is a this is not eighteen year old freshmen. There's some of these guys that have been in, in the pro ranks for yeah five to ten years, sometimes longer. And there's some younger guys too, but it's a different level of basketball. Some guys are in better shape than others. Some guys are just enormous individuals uh, compared to others. I mean, and so that was like the first thing. I'm like, well, th- this is different than I guess I just hadn't thought about it that right. way. <laughs> but then as the crowd started to build and and that the Air Raiders team came onto the floor for the first time and the crowd was excited, it, it was just because, I mean, I, I, I've heard Todrick say, I never thought I would get to – play in front of these people ever again in this building especially and and like somebody like him he he I think his parents last night got to watch him play live for the first time in eight years Mm. because you know where, where some of these guys are playing it's just not financially feasible to you know for you know, to, for, for parents or in-laws or whoever it may be to go set up shop and go spend uh, a week or whatever with with uh, traveling around or, you know. And so a lot of them don't get to play in front of their families. I know that Todrick wasn't alone in having some of his uh, family in, in the house last night, but I loved it, man. I had a ball. Uh, I think those kids, uh, players, uh, everybody, I think they they just enjoyed the heck out of themselves. And, and again, you're right. I mean, what was it, 83, 60, uh, 83 64? Yeah, I think like was the, was the final score. And so, again, a, a semi-comfortable win. I think you were kind of out in front for the most part all night. Uh, really uh, did a good job of taking care of the basketball. And my man, John Robertson, I mean – 
that that guy, oldest guy out there, probably between the two teams, smallest guy out there between the two two teams, probably the best guy out there between the two teams. And I don't say that lightly because there's a lot of. I mean, Matt Mooney was so good. Tariq Owens was so good. Uh, Davion Warren had had his flashes, and uh, you know, but Zach Smith, you know, kind of showed you some some things, but. John was just, yeah, I mean, people forget, man. He, he was like a double-digit scorer for four years under Bob and Pat Knight, you know. And, yeah, he turned it over a little bit uh, too much uh, learning how to be a point guard in the Big 12, but he was like a 40% three-point shooter, you know, on average his entire four-year career. And I think he was just before his time. You look at Marquise Noel last year. Look at what Pop Isaacs uh, now for the mm-hmm. Red Raiders, the smaller guards. Uh, the game is a bit different now than it was when he was playing from, let's see, I think it was like 08 to 2011 or something. I mean, it, it, he's been gone for a while. And he yep. hadn't seen any of these, of this, you know, facility upgrade, I mean, all this stuff. But it was fun to watch him do his thing. Epitome of efficiency. Yeah. I My, my wife was uh, not familiar she was doing the Shaq meme. I have to apologize to you, John Robertson. I was not familiar with your game because she's asking me in warm-ups, who's the little guy? That is who's so the well little done. guy? And I'm, te- I'm telling her, uh, this is probably going to be the leading scorer. And then, bang, bang, I think the first points for the Air Raiders was uh, a three-point shot from John, uh, I don't know, 150 feet from the basket. I mean, it looked just like it looked back in 08, 09, whenever that was. And, Chris, that was one of the things that struck me was um, – like the the skill set, the the way a guy looks playing basketball, everybody's got their own unique kind of look, right, or their flow or whatever, but you attribute it to like this guy, like this is what Matt Mooney looks like playing basketball. And I could spot that from anywhere. He could wear a bag over his head. I would know that that's Matt Mooney. And to see him doing the same things he used to do, you know, the ball handling, some finishes at the rim there, uh, nifty I think is what you have to call some of the finishes. Uh, some of the defense as well, which I thought maybe the Purple Hearts team kind of forgot that they had to play defense within TBT basketball. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but I, it was just fun to watch those guys and remember, oh, yeah, this is what he looks like, you know, as a basketball player and one of a kind. And obviously not just Matt, but John. And, you know, one of the dream combinations I've always wished we had some overlap with uh, was the tandem of Zach Smith and Tariq Owens because Zach Smith was Tariq Owens prior to Tariq Owens being Tariq Owens. It's like this, it's like the Spider-Man meme. Yeah, like exactly. Like, yeah, like yeah. They're built like two Tim Burton characters. I mean, the longest guys <laughs> you've ever seen. Um, they are. I don't know where Dwaylon Roberts was, but he's another guy in that category. I mean, I always wish, like, damn, I wish you could have just got one season where you had those two guys mixing it up together, and you got to see them mix it up last night. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I enjoyed. First of all, I told my my partner that I was doing the games with Haxton. I said, "I'm I'm enjoying watching you watch John Robertson because he's never he had never seen right. him." <laughs> I also enjoyed watching Zach Smith watch Tariq Owens because there were several <laughs> like smiles and like, oh man, I mean, because. Zach is usually this guy, yes. but he's watching Tariq do, do stuff that he usually does, but maybe doing it a bit better. And <laughs> I mean, just the block shots, swallowing people up at the rim and then just catching alley-oops. Um, that's when that game really turned the corner last night. Uh, they really started to pull away when I watched Matt Mooney a couple of times. 
potentially pass up an open look and, and then beat you with the pass. And a yep. couple of those to were Tariq Owens. And I thought, okay, look out. They start, they start really sharing the ball like this and being unselfish. This other team doesn't have a chance. It'd be a bad night to be wearing purple uh, in the USA. And, and then, you know, John Robertson's doing the same thing. And, and to, to Davide Moretti's credit, he, he was coming off of a long flight uh, from, from Italy the day before, didn't get in until, I don't know, about 24 hours before game time, probably jet lagged. I think got a lot of shots up and things like that, but you just, you just could tell he just wasn't quite himself, but he, he was trying to get other guys involved too. He committed a few, there was a few turnovers there, but he was, he was trying to get Jordan Tolbert, you know, on some of the pick and rolls and, and things like that. But again, it was being unselfish. The, yeah. the mindset was, was certainly, uh, there, but they played the better part of three quarters with just turning the ball over one time, hmm. and that's very. This team would practice, I think, four times, in, in a setting like this. And there's some legit teams in this deal, man. I mean, I started watching some of that uh, last night, and and you start following the other regions and things like that. And there's some legit first round draft pick type people that that have played. They're playing for their either their alma mater or or playing for a cause, whatever. There's all kinds of reasons why teams are getting put together. But I just felt like that that was a celebration of Texas Tech basketball in that building last night, and I'm injected straight into my veins. I'm ready for more. Yeah, and we got to double it up crowd size-wise. I think there was a little less than 4,000 there. The record, like 7,800, if I'm not which hundred, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, between seven and eight thousand, and I'm not so sure. Maybe you can't pull that off on uh, Friday night, especially after how much fun it was Wednesday night. Before we leave this, Chris, it wasn't just the guys in the uniform; it was fun to see. But what was the other cavalcade of all stars that was there? Because I know it was like there was Keenan, there was Zaire. I mean, there was Aaron Ross. There was a long list. It, it was like an autograph signing going on down there. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, and, and I, I just you, – you had the current uh, Texas Tech team there, obviously, and Coach McCaslin was there. But, yeah, Jay Crockett, Aaron Ross, uh, Donis Arms, who kind of refereed a, a, a little kid's game there. Which is a great game, by the way. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, Zaire Smith, who I had not seen previously in the week, and then obviously Jarrett Culver and Keenan was there. Uh, Robert Lewandowski, uh, Tanner Ogden, um, they, even guys that aren't necessarily super familiar or that people are super familiar with um, that, that, that played a part and for this program for several seasons. Yeah, it was just – and I'm sure and, – and Norrence, obviously, a mainstay. I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting uh, some, some folks. But that 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 is just – this is the most unique thing because there's never been anything like this for everybody to come back to that, that kind of sinks their teeth into it. And I'm telling you that this kind of Air Raiders deal, some of these guys were sitting here mentioning their names, potentially are going to play for this team in the years to come. Yeah. You know, I think that this thing is not going anywhere anytime soon. I'm even sitting over there thinking like, you know, looking at Warren Washington going, hey, man, this might be you in, in two or three years. You know, uh, and he's a current Red Raider, you know, but I'm just thinking this thing has a chance to – because I don't know if you knew this, they actually had so much interest and they kind of had to be make some tough decisions on who they added to this deal. But there was actually some interest in why don't we just enter two teams, you know, mm. and and I think they ultimately decided, no, I don't think that's best. Let's put our best foot forward with one, focus our resources on one. 
and all that stuff. But still, I, I just yeah, the 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 who's who that was in the building last night from a, a Texas Tech back. Bubba Jennings was there. He texted me in the middle of the game. You know, hey man, I see you down. You know, and it's just. Uh, and if yeah. you think he can't step out there and shoot forty percent from beyond <laughs> the arc right now, you're lying to yourself. And and ninety five percent are better from the free throw line. That's right. uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's going to be insulted by the ninety five. Make it ninety eight. <laughs> absolutely. So I, I just because there's nothing that's ever taken place that really has brought right the the, the current and the previous together like this. And I just man, I, I was I was here for it, and I can't wait for uh, for more tomorrow night. Yeah, so that's Friday night. They'll be back at it. And uh, that was one thing that really stood out to me was just the thought that guy, like, say Matt Mooney, you go on national championship game run, national runner-up, you become a Red Raider legend, and then you're never back in the building. And in a celebratory way. I mean, you may come back for a game or whatever, but the last time you're playing in a Tech uniform, uh, you're in Minneapolis. I mean, you're... You're not back at the USA on the other side of your uh, legend becoming cemented, if that makes sense. So I thought it was a cool opportunity to get those guys back in. You're like, hey, you remember us? We remember you. I mean, there's a standing ovation when they came out in the warm-ups. For the, I mean, uh, for these yeah. Guys. So I'm like, oh, yeah, we remember these guys. I thought that part of it was, was really, really cool because you don't get a chance to go back like that. You had six guys from the Final Four team on this roster. It would have been... You know, and, and you had Jared Culver in the stands and Norrence standing over there watching. So that that was seven and eight. Brandon Francis would have joined this team, but his professional league and his professional commitment is still like ongoing right now. He just couldn't step yeah. away because he's still in the midst of playing games. But I mean, you 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 uh, theoretically had your 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 arms around the bulk of that 2019 Final Four team that was one, you know, possession away from winning the entire thing. And if that doesn't get you going, I don't know what would. Because talking yeah. to John Robertson about him being this this alum and being overseas and watching th- this his his alma mater almost make it, and then he's like, and now I get to play with some of these guys. It, it, it was just kind of like your, your worlds are colliding. Although that's <laughs> right. I don't that, that's not a George Costanza <laughs> negative connotation. It was just like s- small world, or I don't yeah. know, comes full circle. I don't know how you want to yep. phrase it, but. It just, yeah, good stuff, man. Man, and speaking of overseas professional commitments, I don't know what league uh, Moretti's playing in, but do they just play all their games on the beach? Homeboy's coming yeah, back looking like David Hasselhoff. Yeah, he's, wow, who's uh, that guy? Yeah, he's been in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> man, can't wait for that Friday night to resume as uh, the Air Raiders are back on the floor. You went again back at it on Sunday, so it could be a really fun weekend in the LBK from United Supermarkets Serena. And of course, we'll have plenty on that. On the other side of the weekend, uh, after the dust has settled. Okay, coming up ahead, we're switching gears. We're back to football. Horses that are dark. We discuss next on Locked On Texas Tech. First, today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And in this day and age, every new hire can feel like a huge gamble. And when we're talking about your business or livelihood, that's not ideal. But LinkedIn Jobs is here to help by helping you find the best qualified candidates available fast and for free all on one easy to use and secure platform simple but specific targeting tools allow you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to consider they go beyond just resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million 
member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates faster than anyone else. So go to LinkedInJobs.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedInJobs.com slash LockedOnCollege today to identify the most qualified candidates and connect with them fast and for free. Just like a bad hire could sink your ship, the right hire could take your business to new heights this year. And it's no coincidence that small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. It's so easy. Even a podcast host could do it. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free today with LinkedIn jobs. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech a part of your day. Always appreciate being your first listen on YouTube or wherever you got this podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Chris, uh, as we now turn our attention back to the football program and back to the fall, we asked a couple of weeks ago, uh, is the hype for Texas Tech annoying everyone? Is there going to be a backlash? Well, I don't think there was some general consensus necessarily to that question. But it seemed like Texas Tech was annoying folks yesterday. And it wasn't our fault. People do not like to hear the name Texas Tech mentioned among contenders, it seems like. What was happening yesterday as a dark horse conversation was taking place on national television, and along with Penn State, Texas Tech was mentioned as a college football playoff possibility. And then, well, the weeping and the gnashing of teeth just commenced (laughs) from coast to coast, it seemed like. Yeah, I saw. Um, so this, this came across my uh, timeline yesterday morning ish. I think Heather Dinich, who you know has worked with Kirby Hokut very well, Heather Dinich is basically tasked with covering the college football playoff committee and the selection and the process, and she she covers it at the at the top of the food chain. You know, like the, these are the playoff contenders. This is how they're selecting them. This is who's on this committee. All all these things. Anyway, she was at SEC Media Days. And I guess doing a live TV hit and, you know, the conversation came up about just off the radar playoff uh, contenders for this year. Now, granted, we don't have an expanded playoff this year. You're still at, at four for just the one more one more season. But she offered up unprompted. If you want a really dark horse candidate, um, you know, th- th- then I'm going to I'm going to tell you that Texas Tech is that there. And she, and she kind of, you know suggested that there's a ton of money being pumped into the program all true uh didn't really get into any more details about you know roster specifics or joey or the quarterback or they're really good on defense whatever she just kind of you you, you know it's pretty clear though that you know texas tech is now semi top of mind awareness for a lot of folks but then she went on to go on about uh penn state being a another dark horse candidate and, and because of their offensive line and all that stuff. Anyway, and so the comment is made and there there's, I, I go on uh serious big 12 radio often. And one of their producers, I guess, saw the same tweet and he's like, if Texas tech makes the playoff, I'll eat a live cockroach. I mean, so the, <laughs> there, there, there was a lot of commentary. Uh, I saw, I saw somebody, some TCU fans say TCU's one of three different conferences um, you know, in the last 15 years, Texas Tech went 13 and 16 with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. These programs are completely different. But so you're 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 definitely on the radar. You're drawing people off sides. I don't know how much of this is your own fault. 
but there there are clearly doubters. And I'm telling you, man, that one-two punch at the beginning of the season is going to tell so much of the story. If if you if you struggle in either one of those games or don't end up at two and zero, there's going to be so many people that before your season has even really gotten going and you have played a conference game, they're going to say, "See, I told you," you know, kind of deal. Because you you stumble in either one of those two games, you are no longer a playoff candidate uh, anymore. Right. You would have to really be close to perfect uh, to earn your right to be back into that conversation. You could. You just wouldn't have much margin for error at that point. And uh, I just yeah, I think those first two games are really going to tell us a lot. And those are not that far away from uh, happening uh, as you and I sit here and talk. I mean, NFL is about to report for training camp. And yep. you know, we're, we're about to get underway here pretty close. It's about to be on and popping, to use an industry term. Uh, take it easy on us. It's not our fault. Don't beat a dark horse. Take it out on Heather or whoever, your Twitter friends, whatever. Leave leave the Red Raiders alone, okay? We're just doing our thing, minding our business. Conversation for another day uh, that I do like to hear, though, how often the cash infusion, the resource investment, or the NIL effort is being mentioned in tandem with Texas Tech, uh, I think is excellent. And I'll expand more on that and shows to come, but... Not surprised to hear that once again as an attributing factor as to why Texas Tech could find some success, and it's becoming a consistent theme. It will have to be uh, if you really want to contend for something special. Okay, we're going to stick with the football program, but put on your hard hat because we're headed to Jones Stadium coming up next for a look around. Do a little scatter shooting. What's happening over at the Jones? After this on Locked On Texas Tech. Glad to have you along for the ride on Locked On Texas Tech with Chris. I'm Casey coming to you from west of the 100th Meridian where it's really going down. The opposite of that, going up as in a new building over at Jones Stadium. Uh, let's scatter shoot a little bit here because I got a couple of things uh, on my mind as it relates to what's happening at Jones Stadium. Obviously, South End Zone construction is ongoing, taking some form, but will be ongoing, obviously, through the 2023 season. But Chris... Uh, maybe I'm just a nerd who pays too much attention to Texas Tech things. I don't know. Uh, that's why we're here doing a daily podcast, I guess, after all. But this is actually interesting to me. The fact that for the first time, uh, whatever, visitor accommodations are going to be adjusted in Jones Stadium from the southeast corner to, I believe, the northeast corner. Get, get me right here if I'm wrong on any of this. This year, uh, they'll be housed in some, like, probably, I guess, what you may describe as, like, construction site uh, trailer buildings combined together to make locker rooms, all, blah, 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 blah. Going to be on the Northeast out there, and that's never been the case. It's going to be quite a different look when you actually get all this settled, uh, I guess, a year from now. But as someone who has uh, traversed the south end of Jones Stadium right before kickoff on a scooter packing a wife, I can tell you a little more leg room there, getting those buses out of the way. <laughs> I'm all about because that is a treacherous time. And maybe there's a tall boy or two in each hand. I don't know. Uh, but that actually is really interesting to me. And I'm curious to see what it's going to look like when they truly have it in place, uh, where I guess we'll get an entrance and a tunnel or something of some sort now, eventually in the northeast corner, correct? Yeah, you, you will. Uh, you know, when, when all is said and done, your team will enter through the the end zone on the south side, like in the center. 
gotcha. uh, like it won't be in one of the corners, you know, like like you know that the tunnels are now. It'll be the the tech team will kind of roll right through the the center, um, and and then you're right, northeast corner. But they there will be a, a tunnel um, and and a locker room and some of these. Th- this is big picture stuff that it is not easily you know, or easy to do, um, you know, because you, you've got to yeah. go, go cut a hole into the, into the stadium. And th- th- yeah, there, there's some, there's some serious construction, but I think that's, uh, that's something that will, they will do after this uh, season. And there, and the reason is, I think you touched on it. Uh, the reason is, is because it's very congested right there on the South end, uh, specifically the, the South, uh, what I guess East. Southeast corner. Yeah. After a game, because see, after the games are over, I typically I'll go up that visitors tunnel and I'll go across the street because I would typically do my my head coach interview over in 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 that building. Now last year we didn't just because of the of the way Joey kind of had redone it, uh, but previously I would go I would go up that tunnel and across the street and and you've got visiting fans visiting you know they're waiting by the buses and it's just. I think it's crowded one and two. I think there's a there's a you're adding some layers for something to ha- bad to happen, you know, <laughs> by kind of mixing your 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 fan bases. And I and I think the tech folks felt like okay, if we get a chance to really hit the reset button, we we want this south end to be kind of opened up and and a really a true thoroughfare to where it it really becomes, you know, not just tech friendly, but just kind of a, a safe spot and a, and a bigger spot to kind of. And so they, they just wanted to move them, go move them on the access road, uh, you know, of, of Marsha Sharp over there. And, and yeah. they can have their buses over there and they're just away from everything. And there's and the no Domino's parking lot across yes. the freeway. That's exactly. fine. Get over there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there aren't these big, fancy UT billboards, million dollar buses right outside the FTF. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's actually a great idea. And it's probably just an undertaking that was far too large to ever do it just in and of itself. But like you said, they have an opportunity now uh, to shift some things around. So I think that's actually going to be quite the advantage or not advantage, but benefit uh, for tech fans. Whenever the dust is settled, it's going to be a really cool spot and it'll be all double T all the time. Now Southeast corner uh, before, during and after the game. And of course, Chris, as we now have some new turf laid, not entirely. We're still waiting for the South end to get a little uh, more cleaned up, I guess, as we get closer to the season, but, Coach McGuire tweeted out a picture not too long ago, some new turf being laid, I guess, beginning on the north end of the field. Uh, 50-yard line remains blank, but you know 50-yard line watch remains white hot here on Locked On Texas Tech. And the flame gets even a little hotter. I'm playing it up till I can't anymore. Uh, whenever I believe, I don't know, was it Don Williams, the Tulia Rose, asking somebody about uh, what would be at the 50-yard line, and according to uh, his tweet, a tech official says they're not ready to release those details yet. And, and it's, I will tell you, uh, I think i think that decision has been made months and months ago. Yeah, uh, they know. They start designing, as were the end zones. That's just kind of how this stuff works. Uh, the, the folks that, that will be tasked with sewing that in and putting that in, or they've, they've already known and uh, are, are well aware of what will go. go so down. there's there's a turf seamstress out there somewhere that knows the answer. Let's get our investigative reporters out looking for this gal 
And if there is an alternative, Chris, uh, may I offer up here behind me over my left shoulder, Locked on Texas Tech podcast logo. Anybody interested? What would yeah. that cost? Yeah. I hadn't uh, thought about, you know, I, I hadn't thought about like the mass rider, that that official logo, like with the the double well, T in the background and the horse kind of up. Well, I'm sure you've seen like, two uh, without the double T. Like, what was that? The 70s, I think? It was just the mass rider logo. That's already been there once. Yes. Uh, yes. Curious to see if they'll switch it up. And uh, I don't care too much. I don't care too little. I care an appropriate amount just for anybody questioning my level of interest in things like 50-yard line watch. This is why we love college sports, though, because people <laughs> do care. People care about what uniform you're wearing on That's Saturday. Right. Why don't they bring back the throwback? I mean, the, the, people do care, and, and you can't fault them for caring because this is why no. we all love this stuff so much. And Chris Level just said it. You can't fault me for caring because I don't want to see anybody in the YouTube comments faulting me for caring or really anything. Let's play nice, folks. All right, Chris, we'll be back around again coming up tomorrow to wrap up the week. We'll uh, set the table for more Air Raiders action and uh, maybe hear from a listener or viewer or two on tomorrow's show, man. Looking forward to it. I'm, I'm intrigued, Cowan. I'm intrigued <laughs> by who we might uh, hear from here. I, I, I can't wait. All right. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for joining us once again. And make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. And we'll see you for the next one right back here on Locked on Texas Tech. <laughs>